In this episode, we're having a conversation about student support services. Students need us more than ever right now, but they need more than just us. Today we interview Lise Flocken, who is faculty director of the Transfer Center, Denise Stevenson, faculty director of the Writing Center, and Edward Pollard, faculty director of the Tutoring and Academic Support Center. All right, so Denise, um, can you give us an idea of like what your before and after looks like here when you were running the Writing Center up until the point where we were about to go to spring break, what it looked like uh, during this transition um, and kind of how you're offering your services with the Writing Center moving into the rest of the semester? Sure, I'll, I'll keep the first part brief because there's just so much that could be said that like, whoa. Um, I think for the Writing Center, one of the biggest things was that just as we got ready to go to spring break, we had hired a brand new um, administrative assistant for our front desk. And literally she started on the Friday before spring break. So yeah, <laughs> Kurt is shaking his head. He can't believe it. Um, I, I can't believe it. She can't believe it. So a, a person that I interviewed twice and then spent one day with is now supporting the Writing Center marvelously from her home. We hired the right person. It's going very well, but um, I really feel for her because she's you know only getting to know people through Zoom and through the kindness of strangers who reach out to her. So what a way to start a job, huh? Yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> I really can't imagine. Um, so that, that's, you know, the Writing Center was, uh, we had one online service, which was asynchronous. Students could submit papers to us and we gave them a video link with screen capture feedback. And that's been wonderful and a, a great service for, I don't know, like five or six years. Um, we've been preparing to potentially go online with, um, yes, Cranium Cafe but we were having support issues with them. And so we were sort of pulling back. So we had been talking about, you know, what to do with our service in terms of trying to take the rest of our services online because we only gave writing feedback asynchronously. And we know that to do many of our other services, we need to be in real time with students because we have to ask questions or it just doesn't go anywhere. So last week we put everything online in Zoom. I am very grateful that I made the decision to just go with Zoom and not, not try out all the tools that, that are suddenly or you know whatever available because it means that we've got everything in one place and, and my staff is ready to go. So we now have a Zoom space that students can locate or that faculty can point them toward um, from our website from the COVID-19 FAQs for students, and from inside of Canvas, the uh, support hub that's at the lower left um, of your screen. All of those will link to the Writing Center and give students the opportunity to do either send in a paper or meet with us in person. If they meet with us in person in our Zoom space, they'll get an opportunity to chat for a while, right? Answer some questions and talk to humans. Um, that they don't live with via the web um, or via telephone. We'll do all of those. And then um, they will be uh, taught how breakout rooms work so that they can be placed into a breakout room with one other staff member and uh, work on their paper for a while. If they want to just work in our space, that's okay too. They can do that in the main space or they can do that in a breakout room. 
I checked in this morning and it was funny because there were, I think, eight people all working for me, right? We're still waiting for, we had our first student this morning, but we're mostly waiting for students to find us. Um, but there were eight people and instead of the cacophony that happens in our real writing center, they were all quietly working on other things and just being present. And it was a rather lovely environment. That's really cool. That's really interesting. I, I had similar experiences last week in our professional development um, workshops all week where we're hanging out in Zoom. And sometimes it was just totally quiet. Everyone's muted, um, but everyone's working and you just, they're there. Like that's, it's, it's strange that that's, that, that, that means something. <laughs> it's so yeah. nuts. Yeah. And I feel like for a lot of, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people are going to be introduced to the writing center, both faculty and students, uh, because of everything that's happening. Can you give a basic overview of what the Writing Center does and then what the Writing Center doesn't do? Because I know there are some misconceptions of when people come in for support, um, the kind of support that you offer as opposed to the kind of support uh, people may, may think they're, they're going to get when they get there. Sure. Um, so writing feedback um, is a, you know, a mainstay and students bring their papers and or assignments. Um, hopefully, if they have a paper, they also have the assignment with them because it really helps um, the way we work because we don't work by correcting what's on their paper. Rather, we work by what we call higher order concerns. So we work by um, ensuring that the student is answering the question that the faculty member had with the, the prompt or assignment. Um, we try to make sure it's organized, that there's the kind of support and amount of support that's sought by the faculty member. Um, and we do that by interacting with the student and asking them questions and having them explain things to us. And often in their explanations, they speak exactly what they need in their papers. And so we help capture that. Um, but a lot of times uh, faculty will send students or students will come thinking they, that their grammar needs to be fixed. And we don't fix grammar. But what we do have is a service that now is online. We call parts of speech just to separate it from grammar. But it's a service where um, we'll go through and look for the errors in a body paragraph and identify those, have the student see which of those they can correct, because all we're doing is like underlining. Some of them they'll correct, and so we celebrate that. Others of them they won't correct, and so we'll do a mini lesson or two. Um, about those particular things because our goal is for a student writer to not only improve the paper they're working on but to become a better writer and to become more confident. So that's what we're always working toward. We have other services so students can get help with reading. We know they can all read but sometimes reading for particular coursework or particular kinds of materials is more challenging and so we can help them think about how to keep notes on those materials or how to how to skim them how to how to read smart right to, to do things smarter with their reading rather than harder or taking more time we work with transfer and scholarship statements personal statements and we also have speech practice so if students need to give a speech for you know a communications class or if they're doing a presentation in in any class on campus they can come and practice with us and we will give them feedback on you know it, if it's, again, is it organized? Can I follow it? Do they support things that I might want to argue with? Do they make things clear? And so that service is also now available online. Awesome. So I, I met with my class for the first time today, my normal on-site class. 
And one of the first things I did was shared with them that the Writing Center is still uh, open for service, just online. Um, Yay! Yeah. (laughs) And Denise, you and I had talked a little bit about this uh, last week that, you know, I have students that have been going to the Writing Center that's become part of their writing process. It's, it's, it's not only a sort a resource for them, but it's also a source of comfort for them to know that, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I can go there and, and right, have that kind of support. And so I think it's really awesome that students still, I can still offer that to them, right? So this habit you have of going right after class to the writing center, you still can do that, right? And, and so can I ask, are the hours the same? The tutors are still kind of in the same kind of, you know, role they were before, or consultants, sorry? The um, the staff are in roughly the same configuration. Very few people had to make changes. So if you've been working with a particular person, you can probably still find them at the same time. We've expanded our hours a little bit. So we're now opening at seven in the morning and we had had students that wanted that to happen. That was challenging. That was more challenging in person than it is online. So we've been able to expand a little earlier. So Monday through Thursday, we're now open seven to seven. On Fridays, we're open from seven to three, just sort of similar as if the library were closing. On Saturdays, that was Friday, I said, right? Or did I just make myself confused? <laughs> Monday through okay. Thursday, all day. Friday, seven to three. Saturday, uh, 10 to five. And we now have, for the first time ever, Sunday hours from nine to one. Right on. Come on, I didn't hear applause. Where are you guys? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> wait, wait, don't tell me it was using a, a laughing track this last time. They had applause. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have one final question for you, Denise. Uh, and it's, so in the course of, you know, thinking about the online writing center and these next couple of weeks of teaching remotely, I made the decision, I already offer extra credit for my students as an incentive to just go in there and try it out. But I, I decided I was going to extend, so offer more extra credit than I ever had before, not only because I want to extend that ex- incentive, but I think it's, it's a way that I can support students in this very odd time with a little more extra credit opportunity. Um, but we came across the logistical uh, sort of hiccup of we usually rely on those little sign-in slip sheets things that students would get a uh, signature and then kind of bring to me. Um, I suggested maybe a screenshot of the Zoom meeting or have you guys thought of just that small, weird, not even important logistical? Wait, you know what, Curry, this is great. Um, and, and not at the same time. So a screenshot was also one of my solutions, right? But that's a tech solution. And if they're calling, that's not going to work. Exactly. Um, Teresa Guinan, one of your colleagues, asked me this question just this morning. And I remember last week having a conversation with all my staff about it but I don't remember what we decided and I have no notes. Okay, so, no so you have one good idea. A second good idea is that they could put something into the chat and, and download the chat. And that's another way that they could have evidence that they were there. And the third way that um, isn't as, for me, it's just not as um, independent. And I like for our students to have independence but uh, we will be collecting their student ID numbers in a, what I believe is FERPA safe way. And so if the faculty member wants to check with us, we can also um, potentially do that, though we're going to have just all the numbers. So I'm not even quite sure how that's very friendly. Yeah, I'm, I'm also, and I told my students, like, I'm inclined to trust them if they say they went. 
So, but yeah, if, if I, and I thought maybe I could just check in with the writing center as well. I, I'm inclined to trust them as well. If you know when they came, we also could just touch base with one of the staff and say, so have you seen so-and-so a few times? Cool, that sounds great. Sean, you wanna jump in? Yeah, I, I guess we can move to Edward and Edward um, kind of walk us through your before and after the services that were provided during normal times and how you are shifting now into our different and strange times. So uh, what, what we had before is an appointment system through the SARS uh, system, which is a appointment scheduling software program that the campus has, and we've been using that. And so we integrate that, integrated that with Confer Zoom. So now that if you are a student and you're coming in to make an appointment online, then you automatically get a Zoom link for the tutor that you just scheduled for. And so that's the one-on-one -on -one feature. We encourage people to uh, come from the same class and maybe do small group appointments, no more than four, if you have some of the same questions uh, so that we encourage people to do that. Uh, but if someone wants one-on-one, -on -one, let's say it's a DSPS student, someone who wants that focused attention, then they can do that. On the flip side of that is to, we're scheduling currently today, we'll have a schedule in the next 24 hours that will identify the drop-in features that we had uh, on ground, and that will be also in a confer Zoom, but it will be with five different tutors at five different times, anywhere between nine and seven o'clock, Monday through Thursday. Friday is still up in, in flux, and we'll determine that whether we have evening hours or not. We are not currently expanding to the weekend because we don't have the bandwidth of tutors that can schedule right now, but that might open up next week when people kind of get settled into going back to school and working for us as they, as they kind of figure that out. However, I would say that we have student success workshops, which will continue. You saw Jim's workshops, which was a staple of our student success workshops, and now there are 23 of those sessions on how to work online. It's an online orientation, which uh, Jim has, Jim, I think, and Sean have agreed to do. And in addition to that, I was in my yard the other day and I was doing one minute breathing exercises in front of my Buddha garden. And that's gonna be part of a series of stress reduction techniques. Not always physical, where I was to do, so I might do some Tai Chi, I might uh, have some tips on uh, how are you setting up your station at home? How are you getting up from away from your computers and so much is online? Uh, I was intentionally going to go outside today and on this call, on this podcast, but uh, there were planes, birds, uh, wind, uh, and other elements that uh, might have hampered my, uh, my voices or, and you would hear in the background. So I will be uh, uploading those on a YouTube channel that people can uh, tap into. Um, and then we also have our academic success coaching team who are putting together some videos and how-to videos, real brief one-minute videos, point and click, uh, some of the more basic pieces that uh, we tend to forget students. Even uh, I was in several Zoom meetings last week and people are saying, yeah, you just do this, this, and this. And it's like, well, you just lost me right now. And I'm a faculty member and an educator. Well, what if you did that with students who are just getting to know this mode of operation. So we'll have academic success coaches 
who will be helping students through through Zoom and through uh, Zoom skills. I think the trick and the challenge is how do we get that information so that people can actually go on Zoom? Because we we kind of, you know, Zoom is our world right now. And it seems like, you know, we just say, just get on Zoom and click on the link and then you're in. And although it may seem very simple, that's not for every student. And so we want to make sure that students get kind of a guide. Our, one of our tutors was brilliant and put together a, uh, a how-to guide for all of our tutors as well as for students in terms of how to get on Zoom and kind of step-by-step instruction with screenshots and everything. So, so we have that in the making and we'll be posting all of that. We do want to get that on our website, and I know that the website for Miracosta was already transforming into a new mode or a new model, but I hope that we can get that on our front page of our website. I hope that was stopped, that that whole transformation of the website uh, changing. If we can keep it the same and then just post on our front page, then uh, we'll have all that information at a click. Thanks, Edward. Can you also talk about um, NetTutor and the STAR CA and, and kind of the consortium that you're leading? Sure. So Net, NetTutor is a, uh, it's a third party NetTutor, it's a tutoring service that the California Community Colleges uh, has contracted with for the next three to four years, I believe five years actually. And we've had that in place for some of the pilot colleges that were working with the course exchange program where I could take a course at Palomar if I was a student but still just be enrolled here. I wouldn't have to enroll in, enroll in Palomar if they were one of the pilot colleges. And that was done about five, six years ago, and that was already uh, up and running. So NetTutor is, in, uh, is a link in Canvas. It's in every class. And what you'll see is you'll see the NetTutor icon, and then before you see that, you'll see Star California, which is an attempt at creating a consortium for California community colleges. So imagine 15 to 20 colleges, all who put tutors into the system, into a schedule across the disciplines. And students have a way of accessing that schedule through the NetTutor icon on Canvas. They click on Star California and they would get a community college tutor, not necessarily from our campus. And so it is a consortium model, but it is another option for tutors or for students to access online tutoring. All of the programs that we've been working with have been programs that have high certification standards, whether that be with CRLA in terms of tutor training or that ascribe to the ACTLA, which is the Association of Colleges for Tutoring and Learning Assistance Association, online tutoring standards. So they've been trained in a way where, uh, you know, technology, ethics, uh, how to work with students online, working with the tools, et cetera. Um, and so all these colleges are participants in this consortium. So that's what we have uh, currently in Canvas. That that feels more important than ever with everything being remote right now. And so in our current situation, how do you advise faculty to direct uh, students to these various tutoring services, whether it be local or whether it be through that consortium model? I think, I think hours-wise, you know, Students learn when, whenever they learn best. And now that they're, we're all at stay-at-home orders, how, when does that happen? Does that happen at 6 in the morning? Does it happen at midnight? Is it at 3 a.m.? So NetTutor is 24-7. And that's, that's, you know, so that's kind of the, the foundation. 
Star California is not 24-7, but has a wide breadth and is building. They're building out a new schedule, that, which they'll unveil next week. Um, and that will be uh, pretty comprehensive in terms of times and days, Monday through Sunday. And then, of course, you have the local, which is, if it's our program, we have our schedule, which has only our tutors in it, uh, which is limited because, again, our bandwidth isn't as large as some of these other organizations. And so I would say to faculty to apprise students of, of all of the above at the same time, be mindful of what each one is. And so I would say task at Mira Costa College is our tutors who've taken our classes. Star California is a consortium where you'll get a community college tutor. Uh, and then NetTutor is kind of a national uh, framework where that might be the last default, but that might be the most uh, available and accessible in terms of 24 seven. Uh, but those are professional tutors. Those, those could be PhD uh, folks who might be great teachers, but not always great tutors because you have to scaffold as a tutor. Uh, it's not just teaching information. It's working with the student on where they're at. And where they're at might just be, I need to figure out these tools. If you're in Calculus 3 and all you want to talk about is Calculus 3 as a professional tutor and you don't want to really mess with the, the down on the floor pieces, uh, then that's, that, that's an issue for students. And so I want to kind of underline the professional tutor aspect of a national third party called NetTutor. And then you have Star California, which is community college students, which could be some professional tutors as well, but they're in programs and centers, and then you have ours. And so that's kind of the different, the different flavors of all of these tools. Great. Thank you. That's, that's a great breakdown. Now, from the student perspective, I would imagine, you know, even just coming in in person sometimes can be intimidating, especially for first generation students, not really knowing how to navigate tutoring services and things like that. So in this online format, and maybe just speak to locally with, with uh, your center um, specifically, what, what can students come to expect when they jump into a session with a, with a tutor? They'll come to expect first to see first a, a friendly face and a friendly greeting and to really kind of check in with the student on how is this remote learning going for you? You know, kind of spend some time letting the student talk because there's anxiety with with this format for many students. Um, and so uh, to ease the fear of that you don't have to have that question, that, that golden question so that we can go right into the work, but to also ease into the tools. Part of the training is uh, checking all the tools and seeing what the student has and, and changing our vocabulary. You know, can you just click on the chat room? And it's like, the chat room, what is that, you know? Well, that's the little button that has, what does it look like down here? Uh, it has uh, a little box with a little, I don't even know how to describe it myself, but you know. A little um, dialogue box, yeah. <laughs> All right, or I'm, I'm gonna make you the co-host so you can share your, um, share your document, your Word document, your paper, or your, your um, you know, your symbols that you need to figure out in accounting. Um, you know, really kind of going at the root level, like you're explaining it to someone who's never been in, a, in front of a computer before and checking with people. And so there's a lot more checking with checking in with the student. And so our tutors already were doing that. 
But I think in an online environment, they have to do that even times 10. Uh, because if you kind of move through it too fast, you're gonna we're gonna lose students that way. Uh, in terms of they're gonna maybe say, okay, I understand, goodbye, <laughs> and they might never come back to that format because I'm not sure if I got help or not, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important for our tutors to to check in to use all the skill sets that they've been trained with, but but to exponentially do that even more. We also have coaches standing by which will be a different channel where people can kind of explore Zoom without content. You know, so they can just kind of be and, and, and maybe riff on, you know, the faculty's asking me this and it's like, I really don't understand what they're telling me. They're really like, I don't think they know how to use it. You know, those kind of things, like let people uh, kind of uh, vent a little bit and then get them on board to have them understand that we all are learning, we're all learning at a different pace and that includes faculty so that we're not experts, right? Some of us are, and then some of us are kind of working with this, uh, with this new frame. I think that's, that's so important to acknowledge, Edward. And I, and I think the last time that we went through a major transition like this was when we were all moving into Canvas. And I remember at the time, uh, Lisa Lane had this great analogy that she kept returning to, and it was, it's like cooking in someone else's kitchen, right? It's, you know how to cook, and you know the moves you wanna make, we got no idea where the spoons are. Why would anybody put the milk there, you know? And, and so there's this whole other thing we're trying to do while we're trying to do the thing we're there to do. So for faculty, for tutors, and for students, yeah, it's so important that these, this first week is really about learning the technology and learning the space. Um, and then we can get into uh, those other services and support. I'll... Uh, so I'll share real quick. I, so I, I met with my class today, and it's interesting the different experiences my students were speaking to uh, these last two weeks. I spent the first 20 minutes of class, all we did was talk about Zoom. We talked about what they're going through, what their jobs were like. And you know, some of them, they've spent the last two weeks playing video games. And some <laughs> of them are furloughed right now. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I've had two students that have said, I have to drop. I, I am now a full-time teacher for my kids, and I'm also employed at this, you know, have to be their job, um, and I can't, I can't keep going. And so, Lisa, I wonder if this is a good transition towards you. So, thinking of these these larger goals and what opportunities are available for our students in terms of advisement and and counseling. Well, I have to say, Cal State San Marcos has been incredible supporting our students. They really have focused on their local feeder schools, which includes Miracosta and Palomar, of course, and what they can do to make this transition easier. They understand that students online may not always be successful. This is what they signed up to do. I personally couldn't imagine taking Calc 3 online, for instance. And so they are going to be very understanding. We have been told that students who have already been accepted to Cal State San Marcos, if they stumble in this semester, maybe they don't complete all the major prep, maybe they dip down below the 60 units, whatever that may be, they are not gonna be rescinded. They get to keep their admission and still transfer over to that next school. That's amazing. 
Uh, so I'm really, really thrilled. Now, the other thing that we have not put in writing yet is because they're being so accommodating to the students who they have accepted, we have a very small window to say, hey, did you get denied in February or even December because you were at 59 units or missing one course? Well, they can't go back. The workload is insane to relook at all of those students, but the students may contact me personally <laughs> and I would be glad to give them a hand and to be their advocate moving forward. So we can take a look at that as well. Now, our UC schools have not released any information because they were still in that admission process. Actually, let me go back. Cal State San Marcos have not finished two categories yet, the business department and the biology department. But don't forget, every single person in admissions is also taking home a laptop, or maybe they have a laptop at home. They're looking working with slower internet. So they are trying to do all the admission process from home on a smaller system. No more two to three big screens. So everything is just slowed down. All the schools are like this. The UC schools are gonna be notifying students within the month of April. Traditionally, they have till five o'clock on the last day of April to get all of their notices out. At that time, we will be able to see, will they negotiate? Is there an instance if somebody is struggling with physics two or physics three, will they still be admitted? We don't have that answer yet, but I know in the next 30 days we will. So students, if you have a lot of fear, one of the places to take a look is Miracosta Transfer Center created a Canvas tile. So right there with all the other classes, there's the transfer center. Under discussion board, I have listed it out by school. So if somebody wants to see what's the latest for national, what's the latest for San Diego State, who do I contact? It's there and then they can dialogue with me at any time and I will try to find out the answer for that individual student or if it's a general question. And professors, staff members, whoever are more than welcome to join that. That's great. Thank you for all of that information. And so let's, let's get into the counseling office a little bit because I know you are counseling faculty as well. So with Curry student in particular, you know, you have somebody who's like all these new obligations, all these new responsibilities, world's been turned upside down. They feel like they just can't keep going. What is a helpful message for students who are in these situations? Take a deep breath. We're here to support you. That's the bottom line. Do not take yourself down to where there's nothing left of you to take care of you and your family. We can always pick school back up. What we're doing now is trying to get notification from the state. Can we get a full refund when you drop a class? That's wonderful. Is it going to hurt me? Will I be put on probation? Will I be dropped from EOPS? Oh my gosh, I'm taking a class that I might get a C and therefore my transfer school may drop me or I may not get in the following year. We're working on solving the pass no pass as we speak to where if students are panicked about a class, for goodness sakes, if it's not your major, honey, take it pass, no pass, and just get through it if you can. That is um, neutral in your GPA. So again, we're working on all of these. Reach out. Don't think you can take everything on. I know myself, there's no possible way I can do homeschooling 
and be the transfer center director and be present exactly at all at the same right hours that somebody needs me. It's not going to happen. And some of these things seem like they're, as you're saying, they're still in the process of being established. So would you recommend students before they make a decision that they should definitely check in with a counselor first? Or are there some things that they could do now if they need to that they'll probably be okay uh, with? I don't want students to feel like they can't get through. Um, we're all going to multiple ways to communicate with a counselor. I know in the transfer center, we'll return emails and phone calls. I think that's the same way with all of the centers right now. We have appointments to where you make an online appointment. You'll actually get a Zoom link and all you have to do is click the button. You can also do the Cranium Cafe. We can do the chat rooms and Instagram. We're going TikTok, et cetera. If you feel like you are cracking and there is no way, even with a pass, no pass, then yes, take care of yourself and let's drop the class. Especially if, if you're not getting that feedback right away. If you're a transfer student and you think you're gonna be transferring and your admission depends on it starting fall, then you might wanna check with us because maybe we can get that answer for you in writing from that UC or private or CSU school. Is that, is that a for sure at this point that a student that has to withdraw from a course because of the, the circumstances caused by the pandemic that they, they will uh, receive a refund with no record? Is that, is that Yes, that one's definite, but the pass, no pass is still in the works. I don't have the link that says, here, fill out this form online, we're good to go. Right. That's the one I'm waiting for. Cool, right on. Yeah, so we want, we want to support students in their goals this semester, and but for students for whom that's just not a possibility. Yeah, it's important to, it, I, what you said, Lisa, I think is so important that the college will always be here, the university will always be here, you can always come back. Um, and so however, wh whatever goals and obligations need to be prioritized, needs to be prioritized. Exactly, food, shelter, love, safety, all comes first. We're here, don't panic. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I was very, very proud. My mother ended up going back to school at the age of about 48, started a career in her 50s and was a therapist for 20 years and had an incredible career. So when somebody thinks they're behind because they're 19 or 20 or even 30, you're not. You're just taking your life journey one piece at a time. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So again, you know, I'm going to ask you something similar that I asked the other folks. For faculty, what is your message to them in terms of getting students to use the services and what they can do at this time to best facilitate the relationship between um, students and the transfer center and counseling generally? Definitely add the transfer center tile on Canvas because I try to update that. As soon as I get information, I update it within a few hours. The second thing is to email me, ask me the question. I heard a rumor, is this true or not true? One of the rumors that are floating right, around right now is, oh, the pass, no pass, students sign up in all of their classes for their entire term, go pass, no pass. Rumor, wrong, not the way it's gonna work. Students can choose a course, two classes, three, whatever that student feels is best for their own balance and their transfer goals. So just want to make that clear. You do not have to take the entire term pass, no pass. That's not what we're talking about. Remember for CSUs, the only thing 
that they definitely do not want pass, no pass in is your major prep. For the UCs, we're allowed 14 units pass, no pass, just 14. And again, avoid that major prep. All right. Very good. Thank you. My so pleasure. Much great information from all three of you. We really appreciate it. And hopefully this will help a lot of people. Um, if we could just go around and we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to Denise. If you just want one message that you could send out to students, to faculty via the podcast here um, from the Writing Center, just from you, what, what kind of message would you like to get out there to people? I think my message is uh, stay connected and the Writing Center wants to see you. So even if you haven't been a visitor in the past to the Writing Center, you don't have to be a stranger now. Come on by and say hello. Uh, you, you don't even have to have a paper in hand. You don't have to be working on one. We, we just love to talk to students and be one of their social connection points. Excellent. Thanks, Denise. And Edward, a message? Well, we're open for business. Um, we will get through this together. And our hope is that you, uh, uh, that you stay patient with yourself, uh, with where we're at right now in the world and that you take on what you can take on. And if you need to talk through some of those uh, challenges that you have, talk to one of us, talk to any one of us, and it's going to be online. But uh, if you want a friendly face and you want an audience and you need to just process a little bit on what your next steps might be, uh, we're here to do that as well. It's not just about you know, course content, it's about life. And that's most important. Stay healthy and stay at home if you can at all, because that's that's what's gonna have, help us all. So thanks, thanks much. Perfect, thank you. And Lise, final message? We're here, reach out 24 seven. I can't tell you uh, how many emails and phone calls, et cetera, that we have answered midnight, 1 a.m., you name it. And I've got an incredible staff. They are phenomenal and they're available for you. Right, very good. Well, I just wanna thank all of our faculty directors again, Denise Stevenson in the Writing Center, Lise Flocken in the Transfer Center, Edward Pollard in the Tutoring and Academic Success Center. Um, thank you all for taking the time to, to get this message out to people and, and we know we appreciate it. So um, we'll, we'll pass this along and, and uh, hopefully invite you back for another time under under some more normal-ish circumstances, yeah? Thanks, Sean and Curry. Thanks, I, Sean I look and Curry. forward to come back sometime when we are talking about things that are unsafe. Yes. In yes. a different we'll way. Get, we'll get dangerous. We'll but, get dangerous. But, but for now, we're just trying to get information out there. There's a lot, <laughs> I got a lot of danger. So. <laughs> Thank Thanks you guys so much. Me. Thanks, everybody. All right, everybody. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye. Bye. Ton of great information that was just shared with us from our faculty directors. Hopefully it helps a lot of people. I know it helps me knowing more about what they do. Yeah. Uh, we just wanna take a couple of minutes here and just check in and, and see where we're at. We just started our classes. This is Monday, first day of remote instruction um, and check in with generally how we're doing in life. Curry, how does it feel being back in class? So, uh... It feels good, actually. Um, I had 23 of my 20, 
six students show up in Zoom today. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it, I mean, they trickled in, you know, I had a couple in there about 15 minutes before, and then I had a bunch trickle in like the minute or two after class started. Um, so I got a lot of opportunity to just sort of, you know, have those conversations that we have when we are in the classroom early. And we're talking about, you know, what Legoland is doing with their employees, what Chili's is doing with their employees. And it just, I don't know, it, it felt really good to kind of just step back in with that community. And we didn't really get back to the the text and the paper assignment until like 30, 40 minutes into the class. But I think that was fine. I think, I think that's what we needed. And yeah, this was all right. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about this a lot, this kind of resetting at this point, right? Because it's like we're starting a whole new experience with our students. And that's my plan. I, I actually meet with my students tomorrow and my agenda is totally check in. This is what we're doing. This is the restructuring. How does everybody feel about that? And how does everybody feel in general? Set up a discussion board in all of my classes just for there to be a space for them to talk about what they're facing at home, what they're facing at school and any questions that they have. You know, I'm trying to give them information as needed because I feel like kind of giving a blanket email with every single thing that they need to know is just too overwhelming. And if we want retention at this point and we don't want to lose students and I don't think that's the most effective way of going about it, just little chunks here and there. And, and as those questions come up, answer them. Um, but there is also the, the part of me that's like, I don't want to miss anything either. And I don't want to leave them out of the loop, but I also don't want to overwhelm them. And I think that th that happens when we're talking about content, right? When right. we're like, Oh, I'm so excited about all this stuff, but actually what you need to know is, is just this little bit for right now. Right. 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 That's so. right. It's so true. And I, and I think so writing the long email first so you know you covered it all but don't send it like that right kind of go through <laughs> and say <laughs> i'll send this today because this is what they need today and i'll send this tomorrow and um i think also well, what i was cognizant of was my class is a monday nine o'clock class so i was assuming for a good chunk of my class this was their first remote class that they've experienced this week um, and I think that's going to be true of Tuesday students as well. Um, and I don't think we can assume for our Friday students that they'll, they know this now. They've had all week. They're good. Um, but we will have some students for whom this is like the third time they've seen a tutorial on Zoom. And, and so I think we'll just need to be creative and kind of, you know, uh, you know, like enlist our students and kind of, you know, make them a part of it. Um, so that this is all just that, like you said, if the goal is community building and getting comfortable with new spaces, um, yeah, that, that, yeah. I think, yeah, what you're talking about is important because it, 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 you could get that glossed over, like this is just on in the background right. and, oh, you're going over Zoom. I already did that four times this week. Right. And, you know, it's the same thing with syllabi, really, right? It's right. like, yes, we're going over the syllabi first day. I get it. I but but we we don't want to ever miss those who did not get that right and and just make the assumption that oh you've heard it all before right right and so yeah just trying to balance those things out totally yeah um, so how how you doing did you get a weekend at all um, I did not and so unfortunately I got sick over the weekend oh no and then of course everybody that I talked to is like do you have it right exactly do you have the the coronavirus and I don't oh, but 
being sick at this time in our history is very difficult. I'll tell you that. I can't go to the pharmacy the way that I would normally do. Right. I can't go to the doctor's office. They will not see me. Right. And so I just had to kind of grind it out with getting my classes ready and coming off this big transition week that we just did. So it's, it's, I'm pretty exhausted at this point, but um glad that I could do a lot of this work from home and get the rest that I need, but it, it's just been different. And I'm also homeschooling my kids. I have uh, elementary school age kids and we, we're on a very tight schedule to replicate what they're doing at school. Right. And so it, it's just been a lot as it has been for everyone. So I think the biggest thing, and maybe this could be one of our one words here soon is uh, empathy, right? Yeah. And empathy is really, really important now more than ever in my lifetime. And so I, I feel like we all need to uh, practice that and then also um, celebrate that when we recognize it in others. Yeah, I totally agree. I, yeah, I think this is one we talked about this on, a, on another uh, meeting or podcast. I can't even remember now, but how this is a, a, a cohesive moment in our, our culture, right? Um, and how, you know, I feel it too, man, just tired. Um, but and even just talking with Edward and Denise and Lise, there's like this shared humanity, right? And it's, it is, it's, I, empathy is the, the word for it, right? In, in every, in every um, conversation, you know, especially with tutoring and counseling, like these are outcomes oriented things that students are going to. Like I go mm -hmm. to the writing center because I want a better grade, right? I go to the tutoring center because I, I need to know this for a test. Um, but to hear each of them say, but it's not about that now, what it is about now is empathy and compassion and, and your, your humanity and knowing that if you have needs beyond this, that those outcomes don't matter anymore or they are less important now. Um, so that's, that's really encouraging to hear as a, just a constant theme, right, in all these conversations. So. And, and that's what I loved about hearing from these faculty directors because a lot of us, even with the writing center, writing center, transfer center, tutoring, I think we and students and general population believe that they are outcome oriented. But yep. when you talk to these people, their passion is in the process. That's right. Their passion is in the conversations they have with students, learning about their lives at the transfer center, you know, establishing those relationships in the tutoring um, department and and making sure that there it feels like you know a peer or somebody who's like just slightly ahead of you in terms of education is the one helping you out like they've been there and they were there not that long ago That's right. and same thing with the writing center it's not about fixing your writing it's about discovering your voice in your writing okay. and that that higher order um, thinking that that Denise was talking about and those higher order processes and I really appreciate that and I think anyone you know, that has that, that, that idea, which is, I think, a general idea of these places being outcome oriented, will will get a, a, a new perspective of how process is much more important to them. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's, that's it for me for today. Yeah, let's go. Let's go back to the rest of life. And remember, there's birds outside. Edward yeah. reminded us. He did. That's what I'm doing next. I'm going outside checking out. The yeah. Birds. Listen to the birds and the sounds and the wind, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit them up about some of those breathing exercises because I don't know about this indoor space and how much air I've been using in here. That's true. <laughs> There's a world out there. Let's go see it. Cool. Right on, Sean. It was a good chat. All right. Cool. See ya.
This episode was produced and engineered by Kelly Barnett. James Garcia created the show notes and manages our social media. Episodes of the Safe Topics podcast are now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please download and subscribe. Thank you for listening.